words on water. Welcome to Take It From The Top, a podcast series that offers words of wisdom from past presidents of the Water Environment Federation to help water professionals navigate their way through the coronavirus pandemic. I am Tom Kunitz, your host, and my guest today is Cordell Samuels, WEF past president. Welcome, Cordell. Thank you, Tom. Great to have you here and great to be speaking with you. Uh, why don't you tell us, when were you president of WEF? I was president of WEF 2012-2013. And uh, I remember that time because actually that was my my first year on the board was your first year as a past president. So I had the uh, wonderful opportunity to uh, spend some time on the board with you, which I certainly was uh, times that I will remember. And uh, the things that I learned from you and from the other folks at the board were just tremendously valuable to me when I spent time as president. What are you doing these days, Cordell? Well, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, quite busy still. I, I didn't expect to be this busy. I do some consulting with a company here in Markham, close to where I live in Ontario, Canada, called Coal Engineering. And um, so I kind of started with them doing some training, but it's kind of morphed into more um, sort of organic uh, operations, uh, troubleshooting and helping um, companies. I started up a plant out close to the U.S. border in Niagara Falls late last year and so on. So be before you were doing this, I think you were working in, uh, in the utility world in Toronto area, right? Yes, yes. I was um, uh, at the Ashbridge's Bay plant, which is sort of the largest plant in Canada. It's in downtown Toronto uh, for 22 years. And then I left and spent the last 15 years of um, uh, full-time work at in Durham region, which is to the east. It's on the very end of um, Toronto, uh, you know, going out of the city. And um, that's in the region of Durham, that's called. And I looked after the one of the, or sort of the second largest plant probably in the country or in, in the province. It's um, It was being uh, expanded at the time. They, they were doubling the capacity of the facility. And so I went out to, to take over the plant and do some, help with some of that work. Well, quite a bit of experience in, in your career there, Cordell. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to get right into my first question here. Uh, as we know, people across the globe have been living under the conditions of this coronavirus pandemic for months now. And some, some folks in some parts of the world, half a year or more. And we hear a lot of news about different organizations' response to this pandemic. Of course, we're all talking about people working from home. But there's more than just folks working from home. There's still people who have to work at the job site uh, or, or new kinds of job sites, uh, new work processes, new restrictions, precautionary procedures out there, reprioritization. And we've seen a, a tremendously abrupt change in a very short time. Now, we all know, we hear this all the time, change is very difficult for people to go through. It's hard for organizations to go through. It's hard for employees to accept. So I want to start with this as my first question, Cordell, is if you can talk about your experiences as a leader in the water sector during a time when you experienced change and uncertainty. Right. So um, 
you know, and thanks for that question because I, I had a lot of um, experience or exposure to change, to sort of dramatic change in, in, um, in a relatively short period of time, both in my working life and at West, and I'll talk about that in a second. But actually, at the city of Toronto, um, not long before I left, the city sort of undertook a, cha a, a, a change, and actually they called it a change process, where they, they redid the, the, the whole organization and the water um, section. Uh, from top to bottom, reorganized it, um, sort of restaffed it, the whole thing. And they did it with EMA. I remember clearly it was something like $100 million, the whole project was, to, to effect this change and to change the way we did business. And to, you know, people lost jobs, you know, they bought people out and all of those kinds of things. But the upshot of that, of that is we had to do business differently at the end of the day. They were expecting certain results from this change, and we were um, we had to reorganize ourselves to to deliver this change, and it changed dramatically. So if you kind of look, I, I at the time prior to the change, I led a team. My shift was was twenty five to thirty people strong. This group ended up being about thirteen people strong by the time we had, we, we, the change had, had occurred, and 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 so on, and so. We had to then find a way, not only, you know, you, you know how these things go. Some people go willingly early because they were being bought out and so on. People were in that intermediate stage where the change was going to be negative to them. Um, and, and so they had to make a decision and whatever they did, they weren't necessarily going to come out where they wanted to be. And of course, others wouldn't want the change and had to be led into the change. And so that's kind of where I kind of um, sort of blossomed as a leader at the city of Toronto, where I began to lead this part of the change inside the plant. And this plant, as I said, it was a huge plant, large workforce, but you know, the, the and so the, 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 the consultant EMA and, and, and the city sort of thought this was gonna end up being a very negative change and at the end of the day they will tell you that it worked out to be the easiest plant to change because we managed to talk about the issues and to 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 sort of strategize how we get this done and so people uh, by the time the the date came when the it was the drop dead date today this is we were going to go from 25 to 13 or 15 or whatever the numbers were people knew where they were going, what had to happen, what was going to happen. And they went into it either um, enthusiastically or, um, or, 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 or reluctantly, but understood what their part in it was. So I, I, I know, um, you know, or I learned some things from that, that people have anxiety. They kind of have natural anxiety. And if you, if you stop thinking about what you have to do, and to put yourself in the, in, in the other person's shoe and say, how would I respond uh, you know, in, in this? And then begin to resolve the things you're doing from that point of view. It, it's never ever gonna be pleasant, but it becomes a lot different um, to using the hammer and say, okay, this is the way it's gonna go. You know, the city of Toronto is a big wheel and you're a small piece of paper piece of paper and they're just going to crush you. And that's the end of that. And so I kind of learned that. And when I came to WEF, one of the things I found was the same thing. We were 
um, talking in a heightened stage about change. WEF wanted to, to, to begin to um, control how people saw WEF and the water sector. You know, who we are, what we do, um, how we do it. How does this, the, the public perceive us? Perceive us? Do they, most of us, you know, we flush the toilet or we turn on and off the tap and that's the end of it. But as you and I know, there's so much more that goes on after all of these activities take place. And so WEF wanted to, to, to become a real player in that. So there were those changes. And I, I don't know if you remember the water's worth it. Um, uh, sure exercise we went through where we printed up those t-shirts and coasters and hats sure. and all these kinds of things. That yeah, was, well, we just brought that back a few years ago. That's right. But from the, this was from the time I started. So WEF was, was, was seriously beginning to look at itself sort of externally that way. But internally, there were other issues. There were financial issues. We had to resolve some stuff that was happening and so on and so forth. Staff became very concerned. Um, and as I say, if you take it from the first piece I gave you, in terms of my experiences, I kind of quickly came to understand that a huge part of what we needed to do was to take the temperature of staff, begin to, to monitor them, find out what they're thinking, how they're thinking, why they're thinking, because we're human beings. And whenever these things happen, we go to the nth degree right away. You know, the earth yeah, is right. falling, the sky is in the So, so this, this, this was where, when I became president, I found my, my most difficult um, sort of activity in terms of trying to affect the things we, that the board had sort of wisely sat and thought, and you know how we spent days and months and weeks and we write papers and we mark them up and we do all kinds of things and, and we send it down to, to staff. But at the end of the day, these are real people who have to do this and they don't know what, we, what we're thinking <laughs> of doing right. to them. <laughs> and so we, we have to become really, um, sort of strategic uh, and interested in how this is perceived and how this goes through. So we tried to do that. I tried to find out how staff was thinking. And as I say, I, I came to find out that there's some people who were very distressed by some of the things they thought we were saying we were going to be doing. Well, let me, let, me, heard. Yeah. Go ahead. let me ask you from right there, because you've mentioned this a number of times when you were at Durham and, and again here, the WEF yes. staff, is you have to understand how people are thinking, right? Put yes. yourself yes. into their shoes. You've said that multiple times. So that's, that's, a, that's an easy phrase to say, but how do you actually do that? How did you actually go in there and understand how the WEF staff was thinking to understand that like you said, that they were stressed and anxious about the specific things. How do you, yeah. how do you get in there and do that? Well, one of the things, and I, give me, I, I, I don't know if I can tell you how I developed this, but it's the way I, I operate as a manager, is that the first thing I seek to do is to, to be an operator, to be a worker. So if you, if you were to have known me when I worked in, in, in the industry, um, I went out there where the operators were. One of my things on a normal day was to come into the plant and I had an office over in the administrative block, which was away from where every real person was. You know, I had a parking spot with my name on it right next to the door almost right. kind of thing. But I come in, I put on my work boots, I put on my hard hat, 
and I'd go out into the facility and I'd walk from one end of the facility to the next. Everybody I came by, I stopped and I talked to them. And if they were doing some work, you know, I, 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 I kind of participated is because I, I wasn't supposed to touch stuff and things like that. But, right. you know, I, 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 I could get in there and get to know people. Now, when I first did this, not many people, particularly in Durham, um, appreciated it because it's like, well, the boss is coming to keep an eye on how we're doing business. Sure. But after a while, people come to understand that this is your, your, your process. This is how you, you, you do what you do. I talk to them. I talk about the weather, the sport, how the Jays did the day before, what we think is going to happen in the playoff, those kinds of things. And people become comfortable with you, that you're interested, if not in them, but in who we are, what we're doing, how we're getting there. And that way, you really get a feel of what's going, because every second or third person begins to tell you what they're thinking. You know, and, and some people even ask you, what, what the hell are you doing? You know, like I hear that you're going to shut down this whole section and fire everybody in there. Are you going to require that everybody have this certification to do that? And then you can tell people. I mean, you don't have to tell them the details because sometimes the things you can't tell them. But you can say to people, honestly, to the best of your ability, where you're going, what you're thinking. And people begin to feel your heart. And then they will speak honestly to you. And so you can understand what's going on. People will tell you, you know, I mean, half of the staff is just um, falling apart. And you, you say, really? Um, I'm really sorry to hear that. Tell me why. What do they think? And so on. And then you get a good feel. So it was something, and as I say, I don't know, maybe it happened because I was an operator and I, I, I like going out into the plant and seeing it. And I, I get a good feel of what's going on. Any facility I run, even the plant I started up the other day, in Niagara on the lake, you know, I go and before I go into the meetings, I go walk the plant. So by the time I come and sit in the meeting, I have a good feeling uh, of how I think the place is and so on and so forth. So that's how I did what I did. And I, I found I was able to have a communication with folk that helped me a lot to do my work. So there's something in there that you said, I think that is really powerful symbol. And that is, you said, I put on my boots and I put on my work hat, my hard hat, and yep. I went out and I walked the plant from one end to the other. Yep. And so you, you've actually physically did that, but it's also very symbolic by putting on the hard hat, putting on the boots. What you're saying is that you are putting yourself into somebody else's shoes. That's correct. That's correct. And, and I believe in that. And, and, you, and you show that because what happens is, if I could put this into some other words, is you developed trust between yourself and, and the staff. And that yep. trust did not come easy because... No. I mean, you start off at a place already where there's a tremendous amount of distrust of, of, of leadership and administration, which you represent. You're the boss. You represent that. Here you come in to them, and what's the boss doing here looking over my shoulders? Right. But you were keenly aware of the fact that that could be their perspective of you. That's and right. so you, you, you were able to circumvent that perspective by treating them as individuals. Like you said, you talked about the Blue Jays. You talked about the weather, whatever. And in that, over time, they started to break down that barrier, break down the wall that was there between, you know, employee and leader to where they started telling you things that were going on, not you telling them. Right. <laughs> it wasn't the boss at Cordell saying, this is what you're going to do. They started telling you things. That's right. That's right. And, and that's very true. And I, even at WEF, I think, you know, for the people who were there when I was, was president as, as I worked on the board and so on, I think you will get the same thing because I thought to talk to people I met and to form a relationship 
with people I met. And I, again, it becomes, uh, with some, it was pretty much normal because I did a lot of operation stuff. So the people who work in that area, I developed a relationship with them. But others who, who don't know me. And I, I, I tend not to, when I could, I mean, the boss is the boss. and That's just it. So you don't have to be the boss um, announced every single day of your life. You can just be a human being and you have a different function to what another person has in the organization, whether they're in finance and payroll or operations or is a, a whatever. And so I, I, I sought to do that even at WEF. And I, I think I developed a relationship with people where people could talk to me honestly, because this is the other thing, you know, to, people don't want to say something to you and then a little bit later they're hearing it from their boss that this person is complaining to the, the, the president or, or board of trustee member or something. People have to have confidence that you want to hear what they have to say and that what happens at the, 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 the edge of the tank stays at the edge of the tank. <laughs> <laughs> A different kind of water cooler. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> so, and I don't know if you're gonna be able to answer this question, Cordell, mm -hmm. uh, because it may be just who you are, and you're, it's, it's part of your personality, but, so as a leader, you know, we walk around, we have all this stuff in our head, I got to get this thing done, the schedule, the so on and that. And, and sometimes we forget we have to switch gears that, like you said, that person's passing you in the hallway. And to switch gears to be able to treat them one-on-one -on -one as, as a human being to human being, not as a boss to subordinate, you know, not what I, is that something that, that you worked on? Is there little tricks that you have to get yourself to make that switch of gears? Or do you think it's just maybe it was just some natural trait that you have? Because I do have to say, you are successful in that. When you said, I think that I succeeded. Well, yeah, you know, firsthand knowledge. I can tell you, you're very successful in that. Right. But you know something? I think, I think generally that's the kind of person I am. I think even in, in sort of raising my children and my family and stuff, I think generally it's not hard for me to be, to be normal. But I'll tell you, when I worked in the city of Toronto, um, and I, I don't know how to say this, in those days, you didn't have people who looked like me who were real powerful managers, mm -hmm. who, who had a lot of power, let's put it that way, but to try and find the right, right, right words. So I, I found um, when I became, um, a supervisor and a, a sort of a, a, a team leader, so I led other supervisors and so on and so forth, that I had a hard time handling how people responded to me. And then the city of Toronto did, did a program of some people and they brought one guy who, was, who had been a vice president of Nestle Canada and some other people who taught at the University of Toronto. And they did a program that taught people, it, 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 it kind of said, hey, you are supervisors, you are managers, and you make decisions. You have to know how to relate to people. So they taught us some techniques, and I still have the manuals to this day, because it was it, one of these days, the light just went on, click in my head, that you know something? There is a different way to deal with people. People don't have to do what you say as the boss, but people have to do what you say as a, a, a colleague working in an organization trying to achieve the same end. And a lot of times the fight is in trying to get the other side to see that what the end is and that we're all in this together. And even though it might affect you differently to me, we're going to go to this end, but we're going to get there, you know, together somehow, 
you know? And so I, I, I learned that. And I have to tell you, everybody who's been a, a, um, a supervisor uh, that worked with me, I encourage them to go to these programs that, that, that it's put on by the, 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 um, the University of Toronto or some of the community colleges around. And I told them about this one particular course. I said, if you don't get anything else, you're going to get benefit from this. It's going to make you go home and sleep at night and not get high blood pressure and those kinds of things. Right. So, so it's, it's interesting what you said here is that, that the fight here is to, to get the, that other person to see your perspective. Yes. But you also, what about the other person? You seeing the other person's perspective, right? And yeah, and you, right. you demonstrated that when you said that you go out to the plant and you listened to them. Because that's, that's, that's also right. important too. It's not always one way here. No, 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 no. And, and it never that, is. Yeah. And Winston Churchill had said that um, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and speak out. But yes. it also takes courage to sit down and listen. Just listen, yes. Right? Yeah. And so it has to go both ways. Yes. And in so many conversations that you have or conflicts that you have, the two people are saying the same things. They just don't realize that they're saying the same things because people don't stop and listen to what the other person is saying. And those areas where we agree, we can, we can put those on the, on, 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 on the board. And then those where we don't agree, we have to find out, okay, what don't we agree agree about this? Um, can we come to agreement? Is it critical? If it's mission critical, we have to get to it and solve it and so on and so forth. But yeah, you, you, you're perfectly right. So some, uh, someday Cordell will have to do an entire podcast just on listening. What does that mean to listen to somebody? Right. It's easy to say, hard to do. Yes. So let me, let me go on and ask you. So you had a really great run uh, with your time at WEF on the board, WEF as president, and you accomplished a lot of things. Is there anything that you wish that you could have accomplished or maybe something you would have done differently? Yes. The, the, um, we were so caught up doing some of the things we were doing, as you know, we, you know, we changed executive director. We did, we changed a lot of management positions and so on and, 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 and thing. Um, one of the areas we were talking about, and I think uh, you, you were more, more recently on the board, you, you could, correct me, but I think the board is still talking about is the interna international um, reach right. of WEF. Reaching globally, yes. That's right. And um, one of the things I had hoped I would have been able to do was to connect us better to the Caribbean. Um, I, I, as you know, I'm, I was born in Jamaica. I was raised in Jamaica. I spent most of my life out of Jamaica, but um, I'm still a Jamaican at heart. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but um, you can tell that in your laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. But if, if, if I was able, if I had been able to link WEF a little bit to the Caribbean, and they have an organization there now, the Caribbean Water and Wastewater Association. One of the problems with that is their conference is in October, a week or two different to WEF, to WEF Tech. But um, the... The, the, as you know, and, and, and anybody who travels to the Caribbean knows, and the whole world, I mean, all, all, most of the, the, the rest of the world, or most of the world, has an issue with um, the provision of safe and good drinking water and, and, and the, the waste that comes after. Well, in the Caribbean countries, all of them, I don't care which one you go to, they have this problem just 10 times worse than we do. 
and there's a lot of natural groundwater which they're you know because of our practices they're being um, destroyed and so on but those beaches that they depend on for for tourism when you look at them you're seeing a lot of algae and all kinds of things i i, I flew to um to St. Vincent the other day and, you know, just miles and miles of just this brown seaweed on the ocean there, out there. So it, it, that's, if, if, if I have any, um, and, anything I, I, I regret is that I wasn't able to better handle uh, or link us up to them so that these extreme, uh, uh, you know, um, abilities that we have just on the doorstep. I mean, they're right next door to us. We can reach over and shake hands with them. That's right. <laughs> right. Know? They're just a few hundred miles off, uh, you know, our borders. Yes, yes. And, 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 and no, exactly right. And, uh, and uh, again, I, I don't think anything we're doing, and it's important for us not to miscommunicate, but, you know, we deal with so much with um, Europe and Asia and all those places and again don't get me wrong we need to do those things a lot of people live there but I think just down here and I was thinking to myself as I, I said I was walking I, I walk every day pretty much and I said you know even if I was able to have left WEF with a quarter person or half a person who has a, a specific interest in working in this area and bringing their in their um it's challenges up to us and us downloading some stuff to them. That would have been good. Yes. Well, that's a case where a little bit goes a long way. I Correct. think just a little bit of effort would have, you know, has a, long, a, a lot of impact in that area. Uh, we are fortunate that we do have on the board of trustees right now, Ipitayo Benner. Yes. From uh, Arcadis, who uh, actually is from uh, Barbados and Jamaica. So yes. we have that kind of connection. And I think yes. that's, uh, you know, well said there. Yes. Yes. So Cordell, I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to have one more question for you. And uh, this time of year, we know this is a time of graduations. And with every graduation, college, high school, there's always commencement speeches. And so if you were to give a commencement speech and be a speech to people who maybe are in leadership positions in the water sector, or maybe they're on the cusp of or working towards leadership, what kind of message, like what kind of message would you give these folks today? Yes. Well, one of the big things I think for everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, what position you have, patience is the most important um, attribute an individual is going to have now. Um, things are changing so quickly that you could have sat down and done all of the calculations and um, do all of the combinations and permutations and everything you need to do and know where you're going to go tomorrow. When we wake up and turn on the news, one event could have upset all of that. Who knew that, you know, I went to, to Mexico on, um, on March the 13th. And by the time the 20th of March came around, I, I was fretting if I was going to be able to get back home because borders right. had been closed. All kinds of things have happened. Sure. And in that short period of time, we've seen the entire world go completely off kilter. So you have to be patient, and I'd encourage people to be patient. And I say that because the, 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 the most important thing, pe things people are doing, you're having goals. You know where you want to go. You know what you want to achieve. But because anything can knock that off course, you need to be patient to understand what is happening, understand how to respond to it, and understand how to get back on, back on course 
to achieve the things you want. And I think even in our original um, discussions where I talk about the things in terms of the changes that work, the changes that the city of Toronto, the changes that Durham, I think the things that helped me, and I, I can look back on it now because it's been 30 years of, of a very good ride, but I think that the thing that sustained me successfully to today has been that I've always been patient. I've never lost hope that um, things were going to turn out um, the way I wanted them to. Wow, very, very, very powerful, powerful words there. And Cordell, your entire career is a demonstration of the very thing you talked about, setting the goals, having the patience, and then consistent hard work to get there. And look at the outcome. You know, you have a person like yourself to, to demonstrate the, the possibilities. So Cordell, I do want to thank you so much for taking your time from your busy schedule from the office and from your grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to share your experiences and your words of advice. And for the audience, uh, we'll be back with another episode of Take It From The Top with your host, Tom Kuditz. Keep listening to WEF's Words on Water podcast. And until next time, be positive and stay negative. Words on Water.